Spring is in the air. And you know what that means. Things are starting to heat up. And they certainly are in the galaxy far, far away as well, as we are like 65 days away from not only Star Wars Celebration, but the Obi freaking Wan Kenobi series. We are pumped here, and we are going to talk about a lot of this today. So welcome, everybody, to TRB, the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us on this Monday. It is, well, yesterday, I guess, was officially the first day of spring. Today is March uh, 21st. Someone, some say the 21st, some say the 20th. It's like tomato, tomato, but either way, spring is here, and it's always a good thing uh, because it's just positive vibes, and that's what's going on here. We have a lot of cool stories to talk about. With me, as always, is James and Lacey. Oh. Uh, James, I'm going to... I got to ask because the picture looked good. It doesn't mean it was good. You posted to your social medias that your wife made you a Fugazi uh, mixed sprinkle yeah. or whatever. I'm still, I'm still drinking it. Oh, got it there right it here. is. Yeah. That, oh, is a, a, that has been sitting around for many a day. That's no, he point. just got it. <laughs> just oh, it's like four yeah. days old, but <laughs> still so good. Listen, still fresh. <laughs> it's called a shamrock shake. I called it a mix sprinkle. It's yeah, mix sprinkle. I, I didn't know what you. I thought you, you were. Neither going, did I. I thought you were like uh, name uh, nicknaming people. You know? Is anything called a mix sprinkle? Is that, that no, I just make that up? Not that I know. The, oh, they just no, put mick in front of everything. Be a McDonald's thing. Is the apple pie at McDonald's called a mick pie? No. No, it's just called the apple pie. Is yeah. that so? That's the only item that's I think just called a like a no mick in front of it. It's just the apple fish pie. fillet. No, yeah, Big Mac. Mick fillet. It's not McFish. a mick fillet. It's not a mick fish. It's just a fish fillet. Yeah. Filet o fish or something like that. Yeah, I think like mm. yeah, I mean French fries are not called McFries. Like I mean, there's a million things here. John, get it together. Jeez. Mm. McHot Fudge Sunday. <laughs> mm, true. Mick double. Mick double. We're gonna get pounder. to. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get to the news in a minute. But just so you know, later after the Patreon pod race, we're gonna pick Lacey's brain about. She got to have a little special first look at the lego star wars skywalker saga video game so we're mm -hmm. going to talk to Lacey about that it may actually be the thing that gets me back into the fight i think it will uh, it is awesome and i'm, I'm just not just saying that because i got to see it before other people yeah it's awesome well just, i mean just we'll talk about it later but just some of the images i saw like that photo of r2 with the sunset and stuff like i'm like this is a lego game Crazy, mm -hmm. but not uh, to not to pull away yeah. from that Lego game, but I did recently up. Um, if people know my Apple subscription thing, so I now have Apple Arcade, so mm -hmm. I can finally play the like Lego Star Wars game that's exclusive to Apple Arcade. Oh yeah, the battle game. Yeah, yeah, and I had never played it before, but I would have done it sooner if I would have known that it's basically a Lego version of Force Arena, which was a game that I enjoyed playing, and they, they canceled it. Like, they mm -hmm. said, ah, oh, we're shutting down the servers, can't play it anymore, and I was like, I'm still playing it. Oh, man, it's gone. Can't play it anymore. Wow. Um, wow. But that was great, because, you know, they had, like, that was where we saw, like, realistic versions of uh, Ezra and Sabine and stuff, like, long before, like, we saw anything else, you know? Um, but, mm -hmm. um... No, I've been playing it now, and, and I'm getting into it. So, nice. a lot of fun there, too. Nice, man. Um, all right. So, Lacey, what's going on with you? 
just chilling, ready to talk some Star Wars. All right, then let's. Do I it, always James. say that. That's always my answer. Just chilling. <laughs> yeah. I never have a new answer. All right. I bet someone could go back and edit just me being like, just chilling, just chilling, just chilling. Chillin'. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> Next time I'll just say, and Lacey's probably just chilling. James, let's, <laughs> let's do the news. All right. It's the resistance. <laughs> this week we got uh, a story that is kind of a Star Wars stu- st- ah, Star Wars Newsnet exclusive. Sorry, sorry, I couldn't get that out. Not um, chilling. <laughs> yeah, not chilling. Not a, not at all. Uh, He's tripping. No. So, again, with these exclusive stories, it's kind of one of those things. If you want to go in completely blind, this isn't like a crazy thing. It's a it's a location that you know of, and we can confirm that it's going to happen in the show. But it's one of those things, you know, maybe skip ahead a little bit and try to see where we are uh, down the timeline if we've skipped past the story. But we're going to get started on this one. And it is that Anchorhead from the original 1977 Star Wars, which was mentioned there first, is finally making its on-screen appearance in the Kenobi series. Um, And we've kind of already seen it uh, because it's in the trailer. And our confirmation, as I'm going to shoot to John here first on this story, uh, is saying that's where they're going. You know, that's the transport place. That's where he's going to get off planet or whatever. You know, that's where it's going. So I'm going to go to John on this one first because we need to talk about Anchorhead. What's up? Yeah. So, I mean, first, the the thing to process here is that I don't think that the story of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series is going to be necessarily that complex. Um, I don't think Star Wars storytelling is that complex anyway, but knowing that this is a prequel and we know the fates of these characters, like all of them, Baru, Owen, Obi-Wan, Vader. Oh my God. I just remembered that they get barbecued just now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a big part of the story. Um, so if you think about it, like how sort of the chain of events happen. So knowing that, like going into this, like it's something like this, like it, it's to me, not a spoiler. It really, it's a, Oh, they're going to anchor. Cool. It's like a, to me, it was like, cause I don't like story spoilers. I don't like covering story spoilers. I don't write those articles on the site. I like, um, things that are going to get me more excited for the show and hearing that Anchorhead, we're going to finally see Anchorhead got me really excited. So what, yeah. So in the trailer or the teaser, whatever they're calling it, when you see Obi-Wan on that sort of transport and he's sort of looking straight ahead, like he doesn't want to talk to anybody and he's with like these commoners and you see out in the distance, that sort of like tower and something, a city in the distance that is Anchorhead. And um anchorhead for a while has been sort of left open as to what it really is and if you looked on like wikipedia shout out to wikipedia everyone goes to wikipedia um (laughs) it's pretty barren in terms of what anchorhead actually is it's you know a location on tatooine and you know the, the the surmise surmising that it's sort of for transportation and that sort of stuff and like luke says to obi-wan like i can take it to anchorhead you can get a transport to most Eisley. um but they've built it up into a bigger thing of late and the start of that was book of boba fett where in the first chapter he's digging with that rodian and he's like if you'd kept your mouth shut we could have gotten to anchorhead and gotten off this planet uh so it's a bigger transportation hub it's more of like an international airport and i think fans are going to find out that 
they're going to like if people are familiar with like LAX, one of the more popular airports in the United States, you're going to probably see things that are like, oh, that looks like LAX a little bit or that tower looks like this. And, it, you know, it has like this central tower, like an air traffic control tower type of thing. But the bottom line is, I think this is where Obi-Wan's going to go to leave Tatooine. Um, I think it's a smart choice. One, because 45 years later, you're finally getting Anchorhead on screen in Star Wars, which is very cool because Anchorhead is sort of important in a sense that that was Luke's out for his engagement with Obi-Wan. He's like, listen, I'll take you as far as Anchorhead and that's it. But then Owen and Beru get killed and it changed everything. They never, He never takes him to Anchorhead. And they wind up going to Mos Eisley and joining the Rebellion. So it's like the blue pill and the red pill. If they were able to get to Anchorhead, maybe something else goes on. He wound up going to Mos Eisley because of what happened with Beru and, and Owen. And I, I like this better because him going to Anchorhead to leave is fresher and you know everyone makes the joke about oh we're here we're on Tatooine again here we are and yeah we are but if he had gone to Mos Eisley and did the docking bay thing and all that and the in the cantina people would have been sure. like oh, oh man he's leaving from there again so I think Anchorhead being that is important in that sense because it adds a freshness to it so um not nothing that's twisting up the plot here uh the trailer showed us that he's leaving Tatooine um so I think this is just a nice little nod to the original Star Wars and who better to be the one to show us Anchorhead than Obi-Wan who was trying to get there via Luke in the first movie. So it's a nice little sort of bookend sort of uh, tie the tie the knot a little bit to tie the bow on the on the ribbon, whatever that phrase is. And yeah, so that's pretty <laughs> tie much the, the gist bow of around it. the ribbon. <laughs> tie the bow around the ribbon. That's the and, one. Uh, chomping Got at the it. bite. I think what you meant you to know. say was dead body. <laughs> dead body yeah um so yeah that's the that's the gist of it i don't know that there's too much more to it but it's just a, a cool little story but yeah you can see it in the distance in that trailer when he's on that uh transportation i was uh, trying to do a little logistical storytelling or math in my head i was like so if he says he's luke would take him as far as anchorhead and then there obi-wan would take a transport to Mos Eisley. But then after his aunt and uncle die, they just go straight to Maz Eisley. Wouldn't that mean they also went through Anchorhead? Like maybe just they he might just have went gone by him? it because he goes to that cliff overlooking Mos Eisley, which makes it seem like it's really far away. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I was like, all right, well, you know, if my friend was like, if my friend was like, hey, let's go to Chicago or something, I'd be like, well, I can take you as far as the train station here. But and there, since you don't have a car, you'd be able to make your way to Chicago or something. And then I was mm-hmm. like, but if but if I had nothing holding me back, then maybe we would just drive well, the like five hours I think, to Chicago. You know what I mean? I was like I, trying to I, put I think, it all together. I think the anchorhead thing with Obi Wan from his perspective in A New Hope was, we're not going to Anchorhead. I'm I'm just gonna let this kid say he thinks he's taking me to Anchorhead, so he so we stay together, and I still can convince him. You're to not come going with me. to Anchorhead. I'm yeah. just saying, how do you how do you get to Maz Eisley in without going through Anchorhead? And I guess and you just you just go the whole way. I think the the the, the thing here was that Obi Wan doesn't have a car. Uber. Right. That's so, true. Uber. So Mick he Uber. would John, he would need stop. a car Talking ride for James. Yeah. Yes, James. You need a car ride to get to Anchorhead. He's asking me questions. I'm answering them. No, I'm talking out loud the process that uh, <laughs> you know it would have to be. Anyway. He's doing that ask himself a question thing. No, I get anyway. it. He's saying like if if he needed to get to Anchorhead, 
It's just, it's a logistical thing. Like, why wouldn't he ju- just go there and then to Mos Eisley? Why did they just surpass Mos yeah. Eisley? Right. I'll do, I'll do further than Chicago. Like, if my friend was like, let's go to LA, I'd be like, I can drive you to the airport, but I'm not going to LA. But if, all right, so let me if break this something down. happened, I would still be going to the airport and then I'd still so be Luke going to LA. a kid, he yeah. probably is only allowed to go to certain places. He's, I don't think he's ever been to Mos Eisley. Mm-hmm. Obi Wan makes that clear. He's like, that's Mos Eisley. You'll never find a more wretched hive. I think Luke's probably only allowed to go so far. And he's like, I could take you as far as Anchorhead. That's the best I can do. Whereas now that his aunt and uncle are dead, no restrictions now. We're just going to go all the way to Mos Eisley. And I'm going to sell my speeder. I think that's the difference. Yeah. But it still could be going to Anchorhead. Anyway, doesn't really matter. (laughs) John, John hates it when it's just like a point that he won't let go. Anyway, um, <laughs> I feel like you're the one not letting go. You're, you're no, so you're not understanding what I'm saying. You're like you're. you're I do understand what you're trying saying. to make it something different or something. But, um, Lacey, thoughts on Anchorhead being in the show? I uh, I think it's a cool tie back, a callback to the original trilogy, and then uh, I actually forgot that Boba Fett said that in Book of Boba Fett. So that's cool. Now that I I've remembered it from the article and what people had posted online, it makes sense. Um, I just, once again, love how they're connecting all these things together. You know, I'm a huge Marvel fan, so I love when those things come up and you're doing the, like, Leonardo DiCaprio gif of pointing at the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is just another step that I'm like, this is so cool. Um, there are certain aspects about Star Wars that I'm like, okay, I don't need to know that. But this is something that's one of those things that it's like, yes, I would like to see Anchorhead. I would like to see more locations in Star Wars. And I think as Star Wars fans, we're constantly asking for that. Like, not just sand planet locations, though. Like, outside of that, which I think we're going to get in this show and in Andor, but um, definitely new locations on Tatooine alone would be really cool. So I'm excited to see what this place looks like, what happens there. Um, Yeah, anything new Star Wars, you know, just kind of growing beyond. We are what we grow beyond. (laughs) Yeah. I'm also curious if that tower in the center is like the top of an anchor. Is that kind of maybe like where the name comes from? And then like the main part of the anchor is the bottom of the city. Yeah, maybe. It comes up to a tower kind of thing. I could see a concept artist person doing that. Yeah, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the uh, um, Rebels Tower outside of, uh, on Lethal, like outside of Mm -hmm. the city. We, We were told that the designers of this had no restrictions. Like they were given free range to make whatever they wanted. Anchor for man, the whole show cool. or just anchor for anchor man i just said anchor man <laughs> for anchor head you're saying for the whole show or just for this location i'm star oh, oh yeah just, just for this yeah mm. as far as i understand it <laughs> um well cool well we look forward to anchor head showing up uh and hopefully it's like a an exciting city uh scape inside of tatooine that we've never seen before uh while yeah. so still being kind of new and and fresh um, yeah. Let's move on to the next story here. Dam- Damon Lindelof uh, is reportedly developing a Star Wars movie. Now, this is kind of <laughs> tricky. So um, Jeff Snyder, who used to write for Collider, now has um, a new uh, position, a n- new thing. He kind of put this story a little bit behind the paywall uh, of, of this site called The Ankler. But his headline is that... Uh, Damon Lindelof, who is the creative watchman and co-creator of Lost, Lost and the Leftovers, uh, is going to be working on a, on a Star Wars movie. And if you look at this guy's 
career. Um, he's up and coming, doing very well. Uh, there's lots uh, of stuff uh, that could point to him doing very well for Star Wars. So there's, it, it's kind of a trade story. It's a little bit of a rumor. Um, he's got a pretty good track record, <laughs> Jeff Snyder, um, as far as like his breaks. That's kind of his thing. He, you know, does this for a lot of big companies. So mm-hmm. maybe there's some trust in that. Um, but John, what, what are your thoughts on um, this story? But then let's assume it's true and uh, David coming to Star Wars. Damon, sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Um, I don't know. I, don't, I can't remember any situations where Jeff Snyder like wore egg on his face over a story. He's usually pretty good and he has a lot of connections as far as I understand it. So, I mean, that I just laughed at the beginning because how many times have we been doing one of these stories where someone's making a Star Wars movie and yeah. then you look at the calendar and it's still untitled star wars movie in mm-hmm. 2025 mm-hmm. yeah so i don't know where all these star wars movies are coming in because there's a bunch that were reported in this way that we haven't heard from really since like jd dillard was doing a star wars movie and um feige's still doing one tyke is doing one you know uh, patty jenkins and there's still only three on the schedule so we'll see um you know i'm you know i'm i was late to lost i watched it last year um but i really loved it i really no enjoyed spoilers. that show a lot huh no spoilers seriously i've never seen it i mean it came out like 15 years ago no spoilers if somebody john. would have spoiled it 14 years after it came out john you would have been mad because you wouldn't have been able to watch it last year thanks james <laughs> but if you watch like watch it <laughs> like watch the movie this is 40 and they spoil lost in that movie I mean, it's just like, it's, it's a thing, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> back to the real point. He made a great television show with J.J. Abrams. He was the showrunner for it because um, J.J. really just co-created the concept and directed the first two episodes and then sort of handed it off. And he sort of ran with it and it became one of the more successful shows of that time period. Um, Watchmen, I watched some of. I know that got rave reviews and I think that's probably more of the bigger piece here as to what got him this. James watched it. Um, Oh yeah, huh? twice. James you, watched it. Oh okay. Did you did you you really liked it? You watched it twice, obviously. So. I freaking loved it. Yeah, I thought okay. it was so good and and so much fun from from being a Watchmen fan. Like the way that they bring the comic, but maybe the movie, you know, to like it, it's it's all mixed <laughs> together in a very like wink Watchmen way. I thought they did like an exceptional job. And it's one of those things where that I I think my understanding of it is they're like, that's it, that's the series, it's done. I'm not making a season two, and everybody would be like, please come back for a season two. And it's like, nope, it's perfect. We're not touching it. It is what it is. We're walking I away. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I I think another part of this that does make it interesting for someone like him is that you know earlier in his run, um, doing the Star Trek reboot, producing and. Uh, writing however uncredited um with jj abrams uh, yeah, that's a big undertaking because i think that was pretty well received and that was a reboot of something that meant or not well it's a loose reboot it was like a prequel reboot whatever but it, it's something that means a lot to a lot of people the way star wars does and it was received pretty well so that's another you know check on his resume like can you tackle something that is a big ip that's been done for decades and still make something that people like and he did so he's able to do new stuff he's able to do rehash reboot um and he has a really extensive and long resume and it seemed like most people took to the news pretty well 
from what I saw. Um, a lot of people bring up Watchmen being, you know, the recency effect. That was the most recent thing he had done. Um, and I see, you know, he did a movie called The Hunt, which I didn't see a year after. But other than that, Watchmen was the last big thing he did. Um, so it'll be curious to see um, what comes of it. Uh, it would be nice to get, like we've said on the state of Star Wars, more official, you know, announcements and details on all these sort of, uh, so to speak, rumored movies. But I like what he's done, you know, and so have you, James. So mm-hmm. uh, I'll just leave it there on my thoughts. Uh, if he makes a movie, I'm sure it'll be done well. I'm just you gotta with these things. Like I, I just would like to know more. Like, is it Old Republic? Is it a after Episode Nine thing? Is it? Yeah, you know, that sort of thing. Same question to you, Lacey. Like, what are your thoughts on the story existing? This person is, do you think it's likely this person would be involved? And then like a side note, like if they are, let's just pretend they are thoughts on them being part of Star Wars. So I'm going to be honest. I I don't know a lot of his stuff. I I didn't really get into loss, but I know based on how people reacted to it and how many awards and stuff, uh, it's his tv series have been nominated for that obviously he knows what he's doing and he works with jj abrams and i love jj abrams mm-hmm. so i feel like people that are similar kind of hang out like story-wise um i w- looking at his photo right now by the way he totally looks like he could be jj abrams brother <laughs> like they could be <laughs> boys together with the same glasses and everything which kind of makes like it- if jj abrams suddenly just somehow became david cross <laughs> yes, yes. They, they had a kid yes yeah um so that's just kind of funny because i mean people that are friends usually or work together usually are similar in the way that like if they keep working on the same project you you just kind of meld together so looking at his picture i'm like maybe he's gone to jj maybe he's like (laughs) anyway um i i trust any decision that he's going to make based on what people have said about his projects and, and how they're critically acclaimed. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, because he's tied to JJ, I'm all for it. I would bet that there's a lot of people that are trying to pitch Star Wars movies. I mean, if we go back to Zack Snyder, his Rebel Moon movie is coming out soon. Um, oh, yeah. That was a project that was pitched to Lucasfilm that they were like, nah, dog, we're good. And so then he was like, yo, Netflix, you want this movie? And so everyone knows that that was the Star Wars movie he was pitching. Um, which is crazy and, to me. And if it's good, I boy, know are they going to see it? They're going to hear They're it. They're never going to hear the end of it. But yeah. it's just interesting to me because I just wonder, outside of Damon, what other names have tried to throw their name in the ring or tried to pitch on stories outside of John Favreau that didn't get projects or were told now outside of Zack Snyder? Because mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. I'm not the biggest Zack Snyder fan. I've said that before. Um, His Rebel Moon project looks amazing, and I'm definitely going to check it out. Uh, But he's not someone I would have picked to do a Star Wars movie. But sometimes that's the choice that you need. Like, I wouldn't have picked Ryan Johnson either, but his movie was great. So I think that I'm just very interested in what names have been thrown around or what names that we don't even know happened and then could you imagine like the name of the person that you really like like james you love the guy that did dune and blade runner i always mess up his name oh denny villeneuve yeah you really like him like Uh imagine if he had a pitch meeting and you're like oh my god that that movie would have been amazing and it just didn't happen 
It's just kind I of mean, like, yeah, it goes into I, the I, lost, like, you know, the lost box of like mystery box J.J. Abrams of Lucasfilm. Like, I think they're taking his whole thing a little too far. And we talked about this on Patreon about, uh, you know, secrecy in Lucasfilm. We talk about it a lot, but we went into extents, extensive details about how we thought about it. But yeah, I don't know. What, what do you think, James? Because you obviously liked Watchmen. Yeah, this is all over the place. I feel I feel like I have so much to say. Even even as much as Denny Villeneuve, like please, when you're done with Dune, Akira, do Akira. I want it. I, you're the one. You're the one to do it. Anyway, um, so there, there's a lot to say on this. Like he's got lost, and I don't know how heavily involved in that because I think that's kind of like a JJ fronted thing. But you know, well received. Um, some of this other stuff I'm not entirely familiar with, but. Watchmen to me and the same as Star Trek shows that he's like, okay, this is beloved. This is something that needs to kind of be updated or we would like to create new IP out of this. Um, how do we turn it into something that's relevant today and does it very successfully? Um, mm-hmm. And then you have something like Tomorrowland, which was the same idea. But oh then, my like, gosh, that was his movie? hard fail it was you know? so bad and the concept I, was so good yeah i've never i've not seen it but it was one of those things that it, it looks here like kind of similar to this other stuff mm-hmm. even prometheus to some degree was like okay we have this property it's alien it's really good you know how are we gonna rebrand it reinvigorate it make it a new thing and similar <laughs> to the into darkness they did with the prometheus they were like that's not it's not an alien movie you know, it was like a J.J. Abrams move. That's not a uh, con, you know? They, they I played totally in forgot a lot he did that. Tomorrowland because if I had known, I would have brought that up. I forgot because <laughs> that movie was one of the, a perfect example of a hype train that everybody was on that didn't deliver. The trailer was awesome. George Clooney was involved. It looked really, really cool. And then I saw it and I was like, this movie is terrible. <laughs> Yeah, so and I mean, I fe- he wasn't I felt the like director. they had plans for other things. Yeah, he was part of a team that wrote it. Um, yeah, so the concept was cool. It just did not. Yeah, it's one couldn't of those be things. Saved like... by Michael Giacchino either. <laughs> did he do the music? I mean, Brad yeah. Bird again to connect with with Mike Michael. It's like the The Incredibles, like one of the best like superhero movies. People say you know it's like that obviously worked. But um, but sometimes it just doesn't, you know, they get the formula together. And it's just it. crazy because I remember they showed the uh, they had a panel at New York Comic Con because George Clooney showed up and he was on his honeymoon and he still came to New York Comic Con. So it was like a big deal, especially because he did. Uh, it was the first panel he had done since Batman ever at a Comic Con. And he made mm-hmm. a joke like I haven't been invited to Comic Con because of bat nipples. He's like, no one ever <laughs> invites me to Comic Con. Yeah. It was really funny. Wow. But uh, yeah, no, it was one, a perfect example of like. I think even Damon came to that panel of just like overhype and you get there and you're like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was. So I would hope he still delivers, I guess my comment would be, but it seems like he is delivering on his newer yeah. stuff. So, I mean, I I don't know. I think it's one of those things, Lacey, you kind of, I think, put it the best. I think there's like normal movies have pitch meetings that don't go anywhere and normal movies have like when they do land their person, then they say, you're the person, start working on it. Mm-hmm. I feel like Lucasfilm has like an in-between where they're like, you're not the person, but start working on it. And that's <laughs> what we hear. Oh and then they yeah. take like 
five, like, cause it's kind of a dream job for anybody, unless you're afraid of the bad press or something. Like they probably have the ability to kind of say, yes, start working on it, put it together. We'll pay you a certain amount or whatever, but then ultimately we'll decide later once it's like mm-hmm. further into production or something. I don't know. Maybe that's where we're getting the, the JD Willards and, and stuff like that. Um, because it, I don't think those people are like officially doing anything, but they may have at some point actually been working on something, which in some ways kind of leads to our next story because we have that, um, we have the story that we kind of want to talk about where, you know, Hollywood reporter was saying in the Kenobi movie or early versions of the, the show, um, Maul was involved as the antagonist and it got reworked. And at some point, um, you know, people were on call. Like, you know, it was like, seemed like it was active development was, it was the process of, of going into this. And then the interesting part of the story is that not only has Lucasfilm come out and, or people who work at Lucasfilm has come out and said, absolutely none of that's true, but even Hollywood reporters own uh, connection uh, their source was like, that's not true. But they still went with the story because they felt like, I guess, of course they're going to deny it, but we know this is true because we have other sources that <clears throat> says. So, uh, John, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it to you on this one. Um, you know, what what are your thoughts on Maul possibly have been involved in the Kenobi thing at some point? And Ray Park, too. Yeah, so when we... Um first broke the news on the Kenobi series in February of 2019, part of what we were told was that they were going to announce a Kenobi movie shortly after Solo's box office run. And that's why Ewan McGregor was there at the premiere uh, for Solo. Um, I mean, mean, he could have just said, can I go see it too? That's completely fair. Um, I think he was there for a reason. Yeah, well, I'll let you get to the other part of that Mm -hmm. um but um i mean these things are weird man like the kenobi series went through several different writers hossein amini uh now uh joby harold being the the last one here and it's who's to say if it's an empire strikes back situation where you had like your lee bracket script and george lucas's story and and larry larry kazan larry kazan came in and made sense of it and made it you know human and help the dialogue and stuff or if it's a up crumple that up throw that in the wastebasket let's try this again um because i had heard a while back i think we had talked about like we had heard something about how there were concerns i think remember like a year or two ago there were concerns about kenobi and they're like kenobi's on uh delayed or on hiatus it's getting rewrites and ewan mcgregor got asked about it and he said something along the lines of like that's normal it's normal yeah, for yeah, things right. to get rewrites. So yeah. I think it's part and, and part of that story back then was saying the story was too similar to the Mandalorian because it was oh, yeah, yeah. the guy and the kid. Remember that? Mm-hmm. It yeah. was the guy and the kid, and they were like, Well, now we have Mando and Grogu, you know, desert planets, a lot going, you know. And I I think maybe the original thing was Obi Wan, Luke, Maul. And that was like going to be the thing. And the big climax was he was going to fight Darth Maul again and stuff. And, you know, I and as well as, you know, a lot of people who watched Rebels understand that that wouldn't make sense because of what Kenobi was saying. He thought either Obi-Wan was dead or, or he, you know, he didn't know where he was. And when he finally encounters him, it, it 
that seems very clear that they hadn't you know, seen each other since. Um, but they shift they shift this stuff around all the time, right? So, um, I mean, look at the the books compared to the movies, where you know Ray meets Poe in the end of the Force Awakens novel, and then they meet for the first time in the movie at the very end of the Last Jedi, and both are supposed to be canon. So who the heck knows? But I, and then, you know, Pablo Hidalgo takes to his private Twitter account. And, you know, if you have a thousand followers or whatever, someone who is going to be like, oh, that's interesting. Bang. Send that off to, you know, whoever. We got a hold of it somehow. And it was, you know, very interesting that he took to his private account to say like, oh, this is complete BS. But he didn't take it to his like public account that he uses to talk about star wars but he's always quick to to you know say stuff and i i don't think that's a bad thing necessarily but then on the other hand he's like well i have no idea i'm not involved so it's like oh well you are you know uh you know a creative executive so you definitely know what's going on so you got to take him at his word that um what was being reported is inaccurate and like you said james and we put in the article too even thr like it's a very very weird weird report from a big hollywood trade yeah. Um. Because they even said like our own Lucasfilm source said it's not true, but we had these other sources. And then you start thinking like, yeah, I was talking to somebody and they're like, um, what if it was just like, what if like Ray Park was just like drunk and he called the Hollywood Reporter and he's like, let me tell you the truth about Kenobi, the Kenobi <laughs> series. They're like, oh, go on, please. He's like, oh yes, I was training for six months. It was going to be grand. And they're like, oh, this is good. And then they call Lucasfilm. They're like, that's not true. They're like run it <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean honestly like for crazy theories that sounds pretty normal if you were supposed to be in it and you were training and you were getting ready and you went to the solo premiere and you were with kenobi and you were like we're gonna do this and then they just said like ah we changed it it's gonna be hayden now you're like oh what and that's that's the craziest thing too because they're like they're saying vader wasn't even like in it right so i mean it's going to be interesting when the series comes out, how it's received. I'm very confident in it for a lot of reasons. Um, nothing like that I know that other people don't, just as a fan. I'm very confident in this And let's be uh, clear, show. what we just presented was fake. Like, that's the, yeah. 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 We don't know that. That's not part of the story. We're not assuming no, that. No, no. No, the part of the story is just simply that one of your more trusted major Hollywood trades put out a story saying Maul was supposed to be the main antagonist of the Kenobi series and all, like trickling down from the Kenobi movie that was supposed to be made. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just got completely reworked um, and, and Filoni allegedly was pushing for Vader and Inquisitors and they took Maul out and it's like, well... Is it because of, you know, Ray Park got in trouble? And there's a lot of different things you could point to. I think this is one of those things where there might be some truth to this, but not as ag aggressively as they are putting it, where it was like, we got to stop it and pull him completely out. Like, I think maybe at some point there were ideas of Maul being involved um, and they and they shifted the story around because, look, there's been heavy, big changes to a lot of the Star Wars movies. You know, Rogue One didn't have Vader the way it did. And, you know... Um, Solo had completely different directors and The Force Awakens started with Luke's hand in the atmosphere burning and in the, in the, his lightsaber crashing into the sands. A lot of stuff changes. Um, so maybe Maul was a little bit a part of it um, and maybe Pablo was just responding to how heavy they made this story to be that it sounds like there was this major change. The only thing I find, the well, the one thing I find the most interesting 
that we're always wondering about with Lucasfilm is sort of like the true creative hierarchy. Sure. Because the way they pitched the story was Favreau and Filoni, like Deborah Chow went to Favreau and Filoni, which that would make sense to me because they gave her, you know, episodes to do for Mandalorian. She trusts them because it was such a success. Her episodes were uh, received really well. And she showed them the scripts and they were like, go big. And I could, I'm not going to say that's what happened, but I could see that happening. Um, and then Kathleen Kennedy like signs off on it. So it's just, I, I don't know. It's a very interesting story to me. I, I can't imagine the Hollywood reporter completely swinging and missing on this. So I think there's like s- some sprinkles of uh, truth here. Um, but I don't think it's as much as they it was taken or, or positioned. Lacey. Know. So there's a lot to talk about. I, I think that this story is coming from a truth. I don't think that an outlet like the Hollywood reporter would put a story out like this, knowing that they would annoy Lucasfilm and Disney. I don't think that they would want that. I think that they would run it knowing, Hey, we have multiple sources and or a very good source and we believe in this story. Um, and I think that oftentimes when you have publicists or Lucasfilm people or any studio really uh, that immediately say no, that's because there is some truth to it. I think if they're quick to say no, then usually it's like, we need to stop this right now. We need to can this. Whereas if they don't say anything at all, it's like, no comment. I'm not even going to spend time on this type thing. Um, but I, I just think, you know, John brought it up, but uh, we were talking about this kind of in our own chat. It's just weird to me that if you look at Solo and the way that it ends with Darth Maul as the big reveal at the end of Solo, he was at the premiere. Ewan McGregor was at the premiere of Solo and he walked by the red carpet, did not talk to anybody. And it was a surprise that he was there, that, oh my gosh, he's there. Uh, And he sat next to Ray Park in the movie and then Ray Park talked about it on the Star Wars show of, yeah, Ewan sat next to me and I was excited to, to see his reaction to my appearance. And he was like, oh, man, that's so awesome. To me, it sounds like they were working together or they were involved in a project together because why would they be sitting next to each other? Like you're telling me out of everyone that's there, Ewan's like, I got us an next Ray Park. Got it. With every single person that's there. Well, and at premieres, you get you get an assigned seat. It's not right, but I'm saying that's the seat they gave him is next to Ray Park. Yeah, imagine to if me, it was just like, "Hey, can I sit here?" And he's like, "No, it's seat's taken." <laughs> <laughs> it just seems a little suspicious to me, and and I think that there probably was some use of Maul. I mean, we've talked about this on the show about how Maul has had all these stories. It's like him and Ahsoka have had so much story time within animation and then live action now, like all these kind of different threads that they've gone on as characters, which is kind of cool. But I just, I think that this was a true story. I don't know to the extent that it was true. Um, Like, was it really like, oh, we ought to pull him? Maybe. I mean, we all know that he got into some shenanigans last year uh, online and posting inappropriate things. So Disney might have said, hey, pull it. He's not getting involved. 
because last year was when we heard those things about rewrites. It literally could have been something like that because a company like Disney, if you say the wrong thing, look at Gina Carano, you're out. So if you're posting inappropriate photos online and you're one of the bigger characters in a new project coming out and it's a, a project like Obi-Wan Kenobi where you need mm-hmm. it to be good and it is a fan favorite character, you're not going to let that ride on someone that's causing issues. Nowadays, I feel like oftentimes people get in trouble for doing stupid stuff online because they don't realize the ramifications of said posting. And I think now more than ever, companies are way more cautious on what people are posting. Now, I'm not saying that what Ray Park posted was okay or anything that he did online was okay. I'm just saying that any type of level of something that's wrong, companies will pull back. So I think that there is kind of this level of could it be? Yeah, maybe. Absolutely. Um, But I definitely think Maul was involved. And I think that's why Ewan was at the premiere. I don't look. I, I know Ewan loved Star Wars or loves it, and he's talked about how his relationship with the prequels was difficult because it was so negative, why would he be at the premiere for Solo? He's not in Solo. Doesn't he have something better to do in the sense of like, hey, don't don't you have like a date with your wife yeah. or like have something? Celebrity, I mean, celebrities yeah. go to premieres. You know what I mean? I'm just saying him in particular. Like, yeah. he, you didn't see him at The Force Awakens. You didn't see him at Rogue One. But you see him at Solo, where... Mall is in it. That's all. Yeah, I I, th- I think you guys have a lot of good points. Um, especially the it's it, like when I'm thinking about who is Obi Wan's like ultimate rival. Like you know, it's like a lot of people will point to Mall, and I could see that being the thread, especially when they maybe don't want him and Vader to to mix in. But you know, maybe kick it up a notch. Uh, we'll replace Maul. We still kind of have a similar story. What? I'm actually happier they went with Vader. I want to make that clear. I think that that's the cooler story for me, especially after Rogue One, to see more Vader. So I'm happy they made that choice, if that so, they did make that choice. So I think they made the right move now, but, but had they not done the thing in Rebels and had Solo been like better received, like if it got there's like the same roll out as Rogue One did and everybody was like wow that was a great movie mm-hmm. I think this would have been a better story oh cool it would have been okay. Maul and Kenobi um, refacing and Kenobi like finally ending Maul you know at that point or so. although that wouldn't have lined up with Rebels at all you know but I don't know they would have made it um, work they would have made it work yeah but I'm just saying had they, they not done that in Rebels That's, then this live yeah. action face to face with those two would have been and John said that for a very long time so I know his opinion yeah. lies there too, right? The re- yeah, the Rebels thing, like, it, it it doesn't always have to be one or the other. Like, the Rebels thing is really cool. And if you, sure. if you like, listen to, like, Dave Filoni talk about it, or even, like, the voice actors, you know, Stephen Stanton, uh, Taylor Gray, when he talked about it, and Sam Witwer, they, it, it's short, and it's, like, almost like, oh, my God, that was it. But then as you sort of understand more about it, it is really cool how it was done. So you can like that, but also say like, man, imagine like 20 plus years later, we see Ewan McGregor and Ray Park go at it again. That would be freaking amazing. I mean, if fans didn't know either way, right. And you told mm-hmm. them like, and you hear duel the fates and you're just like, Oh my God. I mean, you told look them, at my hey. reaction, just seeing it on screen without Maul there. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have a choice. 
in three years from now, we can either tell the story of Obi-Wan and Maul <clears throat> and it'll be done really well, but it'll be in like this animated show, you know, or whatever. Or we could do a six part series that's live action. Ewan McGregor comes back. You know, it's like, no, it's a no brainer. I feel like everybody would be like, do that one, <laughs> you know? Um, and I mean, it, it, it's fine. Like I love the rebels thing and I love the way that they did it, but uh, that's, that's one of those things. Like I think given the situation that probably would have, uh, they would have preferred to do that. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I think at some point this probably was in play. Um, and similar to what I was saying before, as far as like, I think some people are like kind of involved in it and they're like, Hey, we want to get you involved and we'll pay you to this certain point. Don't say anything. Um, we still have the right to change your mind, you know? So I could understand people being involved and, and working on it and other stuff like that. And then it could, yeah, know, it, gets changed. it could have been, it could have been as simple as like, cause I, it was, it's obvious from solo and the seeds they planted and what we saw, what happened with Kira that they traffic, kids like orphans mm-hmm. and ro- like rope them in and once you're in crimson dawn you're in it for life like what's uh like um dryden voss said so what if the story for that movie version of kenobi was that maul of crimson dawn was going to try to take this kid luke and obi-wan stands in between them like the mm-hmm. like logan sort of thing it would have been probably would have been cool but then mm-hmm. we look over here at what they're doing now and it's like that looks pretty cool too. It's like when you're at a, a really good restaurant and you're like, I haven't been here in a while. I love their lobster mac and cheese, but man, that filet mignon looks really good too. Mm-hmm. It's and Who would I, ever turn know, down I, a filet for lobster mac and cheese? Well, <laughs> that's I think John's point is that I really like their lobster mac and cheese, but... I know, I'm making fun of him for saying that that's better than a filet. Yeah. I didn't say it was better. Get yeah, he said he would choose. I didn't the- choose yet. I didn't even choose yet. Let me. Can I <laughs> choose my meal first? Uh, no, but you see what I'm saying. So that would have been cool. But then it's like, oh, what they're doing is also really cool. So it's kind of like how yeah. me with Kurt Russell. I'm like, Kurt Russell probably would have been an awesome Han Solo, but got Harrison Ford, awesome Han Solo. <laughs> um. So I don't know. I guess if you guys want to contribute to the show, put put it in the comments. If you're watching on YouTube. Uh, you know what your thoughts on uh, this story were and if you would have preferred it rolled out the exact way that it did maybe you're not as big of a fan of solo so you're like well i'm glad they they're that's over here um mm-hmm. and i really like that they're bringing back vader that means a lot more to me or something you know whatever your opinion is throw it in the comments and, and we'll be sure to see it um a couple other things before we end up resistance report we just wanted to mention uh, kind of an I- interesting thing with the Star Wars comics. That, so Star Wars number 25 is coming out and uh, it's going to kind of be a bigger issue or a more interesting uh, issue because it's Charles Soule's, like it's Star Wars 25, which is, you know, kind of important in itself, but it's also Charles Soule's like 100th issue that he's written and worked on. So he is doing this thing where he's kind of putting bunch of different stuff all together because he's worked through the years like um he's done poe dameron and he's done vader and all these other things so um he's done the kylo ren series so he's kind of doing an untold stories uh thing where you're going to get to see a lot of different characters all involved um but if you want to read more about that and a bunch of other upcoming star wars comics uh go over to star wars news net because we're always covering uh, what's what's upcoming and reviews and all that stuff when, when it comes to uh, the books and the comics and things like that. There's 
a lot of stuff, including like the Mandalorian and there's like some stuff on Darth Vader and how somebody knows who he is. And it's pretty wild if you, if you are looking into the comics. Um, and one other thing, what, this is kind of a quick thing too. And I, I don't know, John, you can tell me if we're, we're actually doing the spoiler here, but uh, there is a story out there that says a character that was in Mandalorian season two is in fact going to be back in season three as we have set photos of that character. And if you put together what the other actors and actresses have said about that character and why they were missing, um, you know, you can kind of piece together. There was probably more to the story. Uh, so that person is in fact coming back. Should I, should I spoil it? Are we? No, I, I wouldn't. Do, yeah. If you guys want to know, deal, that's where yeah. you got to go down in, in the yeah. description. Go over to Star Wars Newsnet, read the story, and uh, see if you are uh, if you were right. Maybe make a guess right now, and then go see if, if you know who we're talking about. <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, cool. yeah, it's definitely one of those things. Like, I don't think much many of our this was an exclusive, but any of this stuff is ever really like. <laughs> Here's the plot, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like we don't report that stuff generally. So. Um, I mean, it's, it's just it's just Billy Dee Williams as Lando Calrissian, de-aged, yeah. showing up not, in The Mandalorian. It's with, not a big deal. We've already with seen a young Mandal- Babu Frick. They're both yeah. joking. That's not actually <laughs> happening to our audio listeners that can't see facial <laughs> cues. Um, <laughs> what if they de-aged Lacey, I think they understand Billy tone. D and it was Donald I trust Glover. our audience. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they de-aged Billy D. Just like, in case anyone thought I was serious, yeah, up. DH Billy D is not with Babu Frick in The Mandalorian season three. But wouldn't that be funny if it was if they got Billy D and then they DH'd him and it just looked like Donald Glover? Like it looked exactly just, like, like him. Yeah. yeah, they like put his face yeah. on. It would be funnier, funnier if John, you know, recorded one of these episodes and said something like that, and then we logged off, and then that was a headline somewhere. As soon as we, oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh yeah. no. <laughs> Maybe they um, de-age Billy D. Williams and he looks exactly like Sebastian Stan. Oh yeah, and then he <laughs> that can makes play sense. A, a young Luke Skywalker, <laughs> or like, or like a mix between Sebastian Stan and Millie Bobby Brown. Perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. Yeah. All right, that's it for Resistance Report. Uh, Lacey, take us into our next section. What are we doing? All right, guys, it's time for the Patreon Pod Race. So there are lots of ways you can support us. You can like this video, comment, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, follow us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. Follow us on Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast or on any of the audio platforms uh, like Spotify where you can leave us a rating, which we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, but if you want more than that, including bonus episodes, uh, Discord server, merch, and much more, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast starting at $2 a month. You support the show and what we're doing here and all the stuff that's coming up this year, which is potentially the biggest year in Star Wars. Um, and you say, hey, I like what you're doing. I'm going to support you. So thank you so much. This is the part of the show that we let our generals and spice runners take part. Uh, we ask them a question, they give us an answer, and then we kind of respond to it. But before that, I'm going to thank those people. So first up, thank you to our generals, Carmelo, Jeremy Myers, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Paul Olson, Oliver Lewis, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, John Chorlton, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Double C Chris, Chris White, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you guys so much. Thank and you. to our spicy spice 
Coast Runners. We have David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Micah Harrison, Thomas Hennessy, and Andrew Staley. Thank you guys Andrew. so yeah. much for Thank being you. a part of the resistance and for supporting us. This week, we Thank have you. one of our OG generals, Ooh. one of our first the- supporters on Patreon. That would be Mello and Espana. Yeah. So, the lowest of the G's. Yeah. So we asked him, how does your excitement for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series stack up against your excitement leading into other Star Wars films and shows that have come out since and including The Force Awakens? So Mello, take it away. Hello, guys, and greetings from Torino. Behind us, as you can see, it's Juventus Stadium, and today we're going to a Champions League. I'm here with Alessandro. Hey. And uh, we're pretty excited. This is a big deal for us, and uh, we're going to take some time off to talk about Obi-Wan. How excited are we? Uh, yeah, we are very excited. <laughs> yes, this is going to be really good for us because in reality, Obi-Wan is one of our favorite characters. Uh, and it's in comp- comparison to other Disney shows, uh, don't take this personal, but uh, this is pretty much the highest thing that we can expect. We, we love the Force in the house and um, this is very exciting to see a Jedi-centric thing. Well. This is uh, all we have. Uh, we're ready to go to the stadium for all soccer fans out there. They know how, how it's a big deal, so we're really happy. And uh, well, guys, it was really awesome talking to you. And uh, be well, resistance. Nicely done, Melo. Thank you so much for your answer. We miss you, bud. Uh, it's good to see your face. John, what did you think? I like how Alessandro did like the pop-up video thing where you're just like, here I am. <laughs> that's what i have to say oh, i'm back um so good job fellas um i'm not a big soccer fan but uh it looks like that was a big deal so i am i am acknowledging that mellow uh miss you buddy but it's good to see you here um yeah i wasn't sure where you would be on this i know i you know i i really wasn't sure if i recalled how you felt about like mando and stuff like that but i know you like jedi stuff so um it seems like you are on the hype train for kenobi um so i'm curious like where you're at with stuff like Andor, then where they may also not be jedi and that sort of thing um because you definitely seem to lean heavily more on the force stuff so um but this one should be bread and butter for you so it sounds like you are pretty much as hyped for this as anything uh which is awesome it's always a good feeling so and it looks like uh you're passing that on to your sons too so very cool uh good to see you buddy and uh yeah the oest of the g's you've been supporting our patreon since like day one man and uh can't thank you enough and i hope i get to we get to hang out again soon i'm not sure if you're making it to celebration he is or not, going to celebration Appreciate he is mm-hmm. i wasn't positive on that all right awesome man so we'll see you soon then hopefully and uh may the force be with you buddy and alessandro james mm-hmm. um yeah crazy man good answer uh I, I know that you love that stuff so it wasn't really a surprise when you're like yeah i'm all about kenobi let's go um I love seeing the the soccer stuff too, and everybody in the family like popping in. That's great. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say, man. I just here's another thing. It doesn't even have to do with your pod race, man. But we were talking about how you're one of the originals, man. Dude, you're awesome. Just <laughs> I'm so glad you're like still here and still kicking around. Um, I don't know if I've told you before, but like I literally like you know we have a lot of patrons, and I see the emails come in when we get new ones and stuff. We're always really excited. But you being our first, I, I 
really vividly remember getting that email and be like, I can't believe someone joined at, you know, this tier. They want to be our general. This is nuts. Who is this? You know, it was like when, when Ghostbusters got their first call. I was like, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was a hundred percent that. And it was so impactful in those characters lives that they put it in the movie. So, you know, <laughs> so if there was a movie about us, you best believe we're going to be excited when we got our first general, but yeah. Who would play us in a movie? That's oh, a good gosh, question. Yeah, I don't know. Ryan Reynolds probably for me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Yeah, thanks a lot. Bradley Cooper for me. See you. Those are both terrible choices. (laughs) (laughs) That's like me being like, uh, I don't know, um, Charlize Theron for me. Like, it makes me. Wait, wait, hold on. What are you 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 saying? We're ugly? What does that mean? No, I'm saying it doesn't match your personality types. Although, then again, Charlize Theron. That's that's a pretty good choice. Shut Write up. that down. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so all right, Bradley Cooper's looks with um like Robin Williams sense of humor and <laughs> then mishmashing it. Johnny Knoxville's ability to do stunts. No, if we did a movie, oh, John would be played by Bill Murray with like a, Bill Murray with a hat on. That would be Bill John's. Murray. Bill Murray is 75 years old. Yeah, well, we didn't. You got well, gray hair. Hey, we didn't say this wasn't like. <laughs> we didn't say this wasn't like years in the future. No, I like think right now it would be hilarious like, if oh. we were both the younger characters, and then John was just played by Bill Murray now, <laughs> with the hat on. <laughs> you have the same mannerisms. Every time I watch Bill Murray in a movie, I'm like, "Listeners, That's John. we need a Photoshop." <laughs> Bill Murray and John. I don't know why you're taking offense to that. Bill Murray's awesome. Who? Well, he's 87 years old. But I'm today. picking him not Happy birthday, Bill. based on age or looks. I'm picking him based on personality and mannerisms. Hmm. And the fact that we just made a Ghostbusters reference. Dana, Correct. are these the eggs? <laughs> All right, Mello, thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate it. Again, you're so awesome. Um, and I can't wait to hang out at Celebration. It's going to be so much fun. It seems like we haven't seen you in forever because it has been forever because all of us feel that we've lost like two years of our life yeah. <laughs> in the vast craziness of uh, the pandemic and whatnot. So thank you so much. It's great to see you and your family are doing well and we can't wait to see you again. Back to John. All right. So we have a couple of minutes. So I know Lacey had a chance to um, take a look at the Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga, which comes out in a couple of weeks. April 5th. So, yeah. So, two, almost two weeks on the button. I'm Correct. Like genius. Yeah. Um, maybe Albert Einstein would play me in a movie. I don't know. Still an old guy, so I guess I'm still... Did you say Albert Einstein would play you in the movie? <laughs> James <Yeah>. looks disgusted. <laughs> Albert Einstein? What were you doing? Because he's smart like me oh okay um no uh so the game is coming out in two weeks uh i am very excited about it um so Lacey, why don't you get us more excited about it what are some things that you learned from that that and i know you put you know you you put out the review for it and mm-hmm. um but what are some things you could tell our listeners that they may haven't seen in like the trailers or like the hype videos that mm-hmm. you think would make them be like oh this is a this is a star wars game i gotta get so I want to preface this with anybody that doesn't want spoilers about the game. Maybe you should jump off now. It's been fun. Have a good day. Because <laughs> well, I am going to well, mention a couple spoiler, things. 
Isn't the spoiler this like if you watch the Skywalker saga though? Isn't that like a well, like things about the game, like if people want to go in fresh oh. and they don't want to be told stuff. So uh, I got about an hour preview of the game from TT Games, which is the studio that works with Lego and Lucasfilm to create those Lego games. Um, we got a walkthrough with Mike Consalvi, the designer who is the level director for the game. Um, and their big thing was that attention to detail was very important to them. They wanted to make sure that this game was a fan favorite for years to come. They want you playing this game forever you know they don't want you to pick it up and put it down like i'll even admit battlefront like i played it like crazy for a long time and then i finally was like oh this is kind of old there's so many cool things about this game guys that you could keep playing it and do a different thing every time so first of all they have over 300 playable characters which is more than any of the other games that they've done before uh there's a new camera perspective that brings you closer to the action and every detail within the game is made from legos so uh I think in in previous games, they've had kind of Lego pieces and elements here and there. Every Mm -hmm. single piece in this game is made from a Lego. Uh, And they they really stressed that kind of detail that they wanted you to feel like you were in a Lego set. Um, They brought in a new combat type uh, combo meter. So you can do kind of a little bit of a button mash situation or combos like Mortal Kombat, where you can do like certain buttons, do certain moves for certain characters. They have play freedom where you get to decide where you go and what to do. There's three challenges on each level. So the levels are each movie. So you have the prequels, the original trilogy, and then Uh, the sequels. Yeah. So when you start up the game, you get to decide what movie you want to start with. And you could start anywhere at any time. It doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. Um, But you get to decide within the game, you know, there might be the, the level we saw was a new hope with the Tainted Four. So... Leia is hit with three different doors. One's on fire, one's shut, and one's blasted open or something. You get to decide which way you want to go. And based on that is what puzzles you get and what things you interact with, which is really cool. Um, They Mm. also have a ton of the Lego humor you would expect. I found myself laughing a lot while watching him play through the game. They have one scene where, you know, C-3PO and R2-D2 are looking for the escape pod and they're opening doors. And in each door, there's like a stormtrooper having a shower. There's stormtroopers in a hot tub. Like, it's just (laughs) silly stuff like that. And then when they do the evacuation pod, it's like a washing machine that they're in. And so when they land, they get out and like C-3PO has underwear stuck to him, like that kind of silly humor that you'd expect from Lego, which is really fun. Um, And I I wrote this quote down, which I really loved, which they said that the the design team loves puns, alliteration and clever wordplay. So expect plenty of this throughout the game. Um, And one of the jokes that really stood out to me was on Tatooine. You're walking around. And at the time, the game developer was playing as Qui-Gon Jinn because you can switch characters in different movies. So you can play as Qui-Gon on Tatooine. You can play as Anakin in the sequel trilogy, which he did do. He played Anakin on uh, Agent Kloss. And but on Tatooine, he was walking around and he walked into a uh, protocol droid. And the droid was like, oh, these are these type of Jawas. Their droids are all free range. They don't believe in slavery or something. And it just made me laugh because I was like, that's such a like a deep cut joke. It was really funny. Um, but other than that, you can have different types of characters to play. You can be, you know, a Jedi. You can be a hero character. 
uh, which is like rebels. You can be a Sith. You can be a droid. You could be a protocol droid. So astromech versus protocol. You could be uh, kind of like the villain side of things. Uh, just basically, the thing I took away from this game is there's so many different combinations of things you can do between levels challenges different things to unlock they have data cards that do special features the feature they showed us at the end is called like rave feature and it makes the entire galaxy into a big dance party and all the characters (laughs) are dancing all the the uh planets are like flashing rave light it it was just the most fun i've had um watching someone play a video game in a very long time like i was the special edition version of return of the jedi Basically, is, yes, absolutely. Are, did they say are, are the controls uh, foreign to what people would be used to with the previous Lego games? Did they talk about that? Like the gameplay, the actual... So they said that the, the gameplay is pretty simple. They're expecting, I think, they didn't yes. say this, but I'm expecting that they think kids are going to be playing this. You know, kids oh, and people maybe. and families are going to be playing this. But can a you couple, play online? Uh, you can't, but I... But you can play co-op. So that was another thing. They have the ability that you can play with two people or you can drop in, drop out gameplay. So say you're coming up on a big bad boss and someone can't beat them, but you can. You can drop them out and go to a single player or you can team up as Obi-Wan and Anakin at the same time. But I think the thing that stands out to me was the customization and then the jokes. So like they went on to the uh, invisible hand from what's his name? General Grievous's ship, yeah. and they fly in, and there's these droids sitting there, and they're like, "Hey, Bill, congrats on your retirement!" And they have a cake, and Anakin and Obi Wan crash into them and like kill the droids, and there's cake everywhere, and then Anakin's eating cake, like that kind of stuff is just funny to me. Yeah, um, it is. That's so good. I'm going to tell you the coolest thing about this game. That again, I don't want to spoil it, but I'm going to a little bit. You get to be a rancor in this game. Oh, really? You get to be creatures and unlock creatures so that's That's the other thing is like there's a lot of unlocking so you can run through the levels and destroy stuff as a rancor which is really awesome awesome. yeah yeah Uh, so and is there anything it's just uh the episodic so no rogue one no solo so they brought in elements of rogue one so like leia says hope at the beginning of the a new hope level and they brought in vader kind of smashing through the doorway like rogue one but no this focuses on the skywalker saga Cool. All right. Well, sounds good. I, I've been I excited highly about recommend. It from, yeah, I've been, and you know, we're not, you know, getting free copies or anything like I that. I didn't so get any not. free copies. I yeah. just watched someone play it and talk about it. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we, we say when we like things, we say when we don't necessarily love things, and it sounds like uh, you're really digging this. And I, I, ever since I heard about it, I was interested because I like the simplicity of these games and I, I don't like being stressed out when I play video games. You're going to love playing of, this, both of you with yeah. your sons. Like Johnny and Bennett are going to love watching you guys play this. And I yeah. think one of the coolest things that kind of got me a little choked up was at the beginning they play this kind of intro uh, video, like a cutscene type video that goes into the main menu of start. You know when video games do that, they play the little intro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was really well done and it walks through like different it uses uh lightsabers as the transition between characters of like ray to luke to obi-wan to darth maul and all this other stuff and just the they used a lot of emotional beats and and moments from the movies and and the music is obviously a big point there but yeah it's it's really man I loved it. I loved every minute of watching this play like this guy play through. I wanted to keep watching. 
anytime any fan or anything whenever they do a montage of like remember the saga all of it and they put like good (laughs) john williams over it you're like oh man i can't hold back tears (laughs) yeah yeah wow well this this game based around the skywalker saga sounds superbly stupendous so I'm really we might have to, to do playthroughs for people because it is it's really fun. Yeah, all right. I'm gonna become a, a Twitch streamer. Twitch guy. Yeah. You can ask our friend. Gotta get a Bain purple light that. behind me. Yeah. What? <laughs> you can ask Andy Bain about that. Yeah. Hey, yes, true. So <laughs> if you want to see the full review, head over to StarWarsNewsNet.com, where I walk through more of the details with game footage and screenshots and much more. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Lacey, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. That's it, James. Did you have anything you wanted to toss in here? No, not particularly. Did you finish? I, I, did you finish your uh, Shamrock Shake? No. Oh yeah, pretty much. Just he's gonna hold it for another end. four days. You know, just yeah, really exactly. yep. keep yeah. it going. How, how many Tamara Morrison's would you give that Shamrock Shake? <laughs> oh, probably easily nine. Nine out of ten. To he better say pieces. nine because his wife made it's it for him. It, it, better so say we'll nine. find out if Rachel listens to TRB on Monday. <laughs> All right. Well, we want to thank everybody for listening and watching and being a part of TRB. It means a lot. Um, we're really getting ramped up with our planning for Star Wars Celebration. Now, we we completely understand that actually most of our listeners will not be at Celebration, uh, but we are going to be talking about it because we'll be covering it too. You know, we'll be there um, doing streams and doing videos and doing reviews on things we see. So you'll be able to tune in to youtube.com slash Star Wars News Net videos to watch our videos so that we can sort of bring you along with us in a sense and then also of course starwarsnewsnet.com we'll be covering uh what we experienced there actually ter- i just learned recently that miguel is going to be at celebration Yay. and um yeah mm-hmm. maybe some of the other uh crew from star wars news that so that's really cool because a lot i've met a lot of these people face to face so but anyway you know just for our listeners who probably feel bad they're not able to go to celebration yeah i i completely empathize and understand that but we're gonna do the best we can to um not only have a great experience for the three of us but also to try our best to make like bring you into it with us in a sense so make sure to follow our social channels because we're definitely going to have daily giveaways with stuff that you can only get at a celebration so you guys feel like you're there yeah, and I have an idea I'm going to bring up to you guys. Not on the episode, but you just made me think of something. All right. Uh, and then make sure you subscribe to the show. Like Lacey said, your preferred audio platforms as well, in addition to what we said on YouTube. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey, writing and editing at StarWarsNewsNet.com. And uh, my movie podcast, just like the movies, uh, we're doing The Godfather tomorrow. So if you like that movie, check us out as we talk about that classic. Uh, James. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, both at Myra Trunks. Lacey. People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin, and I can't wait to be at Celebration. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Thursday, we are getting back into discussion mode. Uh, we had a wonderful time doing our Kessel Run last week. We hope you enjoyed that one, by the way. If you haven't yet, uh, we gave our list of top 12 Han Solo moments. But Thursday, back in the headlines, Samuel Jackson, Mace Windu. We're going to give our takes on that. Dig deep into what's going on. Uh, so we'll see. Enjoy your weeks. Uh, happy spring, everybody. We hope you're all well out there. And we'll see you Thursday morning right here on TRB. See you around, kids.